Hello, hello, and uh, I'm, I'm back. We're just going to continue with the fallacies. Let's get right to it. Before giving more examples of more specific fallacies, I want to try to get more in-depth in the differences between a formal fallacy and an informal fallacy. Formal fallacies are flawed based on their structure. It's like obviously invalid. Like you hear it and you just go, that doesn't even make sense. It's obviously invalid in the same way that like somebody just blatantly lies about something. You're hanging out with like an idiot and they look at the sky and go, the sky is purple. And you look up and, and you just think, the fuck are you talking about? Are you blind? That's how obvious a few of these formal fallacies are. It should be noted that there isn't a lot of formal fallacies. A majority of them are informal, and we'll get to that in a minute. An example of a formal fallacy, though, you've heard this a billion times, especially like a more sophisticated version in college, if you've done propositional logic, or if you've heard it in your English class in middle school when you were told to write an essay if your teacher wanted to like catch you slipping. It's the fallacy of ambiguity, which basically is just not, I guess not jumping to conclusions, but kind of like it. It's written as A is B, B is C, therefore A is C. It's a consistent meaning on the premise and conclusion. Like, they don't have a consistent meaning. It's like, what's a good example? Um... All, all cheetahs can run really fast. Uh, Jacob can run really fast. Jacob is a cheetah. And you're listening to that and you're thinking, that doesn't make any fucking sense. That's like a terrible example of a fallacy of ambiguity. The fallacy of ambiguity does get used a lot in comedy and poems. It's, it's kind of a useful tool when trying to show how stupid or silly something or someone is, especially in how they're explaining something. Ambiguity in syntax is very common. It's very helpful for propaganda, comedy, like a simple phrase or joke. Um, I went and uh, made up with a celebrity in my birthday suit. Did I know it was my birthday? No, I didn't. That was terrible. This is why I'm not a comedian. But it's very useful with wordplay. And that's also like a big problem. It's why it's a formal fallacy. The same word or term can have different meanings as the sentence or argument progresses. And it's not good when you're trying to debate or prove a point. Another less terrible example ripped from Google because I have no creativity is all Beatles have six legs. John Lennon is a Beatle, therefore John Lennon has six legs. And if John Lennon really has six legs, then that's a human anomaly and he should have been studied and, t and tested like a lab rat instead of making fucking music. Another formal fallacy is begging the question. This one is very common. It's very obvious. It's an argument in where the premise just assumes the truth of a conclusion instead of supporting it. And I probably didn't give a good example, but like in an argument, a premise comes before the conclusion. It's like FP then Q. P is the premise and Q is the conclusion. 
like the premise always comes first. You can reverse it, but it's like it still has to flow smoothly as long as you're like explaining something clearly. If not, then it just sounds weird as fuck unless it's written in like variables, in which case I, I'm not helping you there. Begging the question is also referred to as arguing in a circle because it's just assumed that everything is true. So there's no like linear path. So if you say you're confident God exists because it says so in the Bible and the Bible contains God's word, that's begging the question because then it's just, okay, everything in this is assumed true, but how do we backtrack from it? What other proof is there that the Bible is the word of God and not just the word of 5,000 old weird people hopped up on some shrooms and other crazy alcoholic intoxicating plants? You've probably fallen, like, not victim to it, but victim to perpetrating the act of committing the begging the question fallacy when you explain something to a friend and then they ask you for more information and you're just too lazy or you don't care to go more into detail because you assume that they like know what you're talking about or that they're pulling your leg or whatever. If you're a parent, you've probably begged the question to your kids because you just don't want to explain yourself to your kids and you don't, but you don't want to come off as the like angry asshole parent and go do it because I fucking said so so your kids play that why game and it's like why am I doing this because a why because b why because a again like it's something like that that's like that's begging the question we've all done it at one point to or another I I've probably done it a bunch of times because I I'm way too lazy at explaining myself it's really easy to make a begging the question fallacy when trying to explain something. It's very easy, at least I feel, to make it accidentally because the point that you could try to make the argument you're trying to state might not be wrong, but you're just, you're, you framed it so poorly that it can just be destroyed so easily with a little bit of effort. And you can get really emotional, both you and the person you're arguing or debating against when this is brought up because the person who is making it either doesn't want to give and just explain in greater detail what the hell they're fucking talking about, or they just don't want to admit their ignorance. Another formal uh, fallacy is affirming the consequent, which is basically saying that um, you take a sentence, like you take a premise and a conclusion, and you were to flip it, it would still be true, which is not always the case. Like, FP then Q is not the same as FQ then P. Saying that if I had cancer, I'd be shitting blood. I'm shitting blood, therefore I have cancer, is false. You could be shitting blood for a number of reasons. You might have a weak tolerance to spicy food, or you might have eaten glass because you were high on LSD. Like, while shitting blood might be a byproduct of cancer, it's not, like, definitive, there's multiple reasons for shitting blood. Okay, let's get away from shitting blood. It's very important in like studies, scientific research, and like um, when you're looking at statistics of like areas for new institutions or such to make sure you are not falling into a trap of affirming the consequent because like on a broader scope, this seems very common. Like 
okay, um, if we raise the money for the local police, crime will go down. Crime went down, therefore I'm already fucking this up. Okay, if raising the money for the local police is a good idea, then it'll get rid of crime. It got rid of crime, therefore raising money for the local police was a good idea. That is flawed. Crime can look like it's going down for multiple reasons. Criminals can just get smarter and avoid the cops. Larger organ criminal organizations can just pay off the cops. And then you release this information to the public, and then it just gets more support, and you just give more money to the police, and then like over time, crime can just go back up again, and then everybody just gets mad, and it's like, what the fuck? We gave you all this money. Why aren't you doing shit? What happened? I feel like I still fucked that up, but we're gonna roll with it. So this next one is mostly informal but can also be expressed formally again there's not a lot of formal fallacies the majority of them are informal but this is kind of, this is like one of the few that also teeters on both this is called appeal to desperation it's also apparently nicknamed the politician syllogism syllogism i'm, I'm pronouncing that poorly whatever it's arguing that your conclusion is right based on the fact that something must be done and your solution is something. Makes total sense now why this is called the politician syllogism. Syllogism, that makes so much more sense. It sounds smoother. That's a stupid word sound. Anyways, so yeah, you've heard this a lot on the news when a solution is proposed for a serious issue and the solution just sounds equally serious, regardless of whether or not it is right or effective or it'll actually do any good. It's just something to calm the masses, and it's useful for showing that you're doing something, that you're contributing, but it's just surface level. Once you dig deep, it's like, hey, in the long run and overall, this plan of yours or idea isn't really going to help us. And then people could just throw back and be like, well, do you, you have any ideas? You got any solutions? What the fuck is your plan, Mr. Big Shot? I kind of just explained how it falls in an informal fallacy category right there, but how it also falls in formal is that it also deals with the problem of equivalence or equivocation. The something doesn't mean the same thing in the premise as it does in the conclusion. It's, and that's something that has to stay the same. You can't just solve the problem with a solution for a completely different problem. Uh, it, it, I'm not explaining that well enough, but yeah. On to the next formal fallacy. This fallacy is unfalsifiability, which is pretty self-explanatory, but let's get into it still. The proposition is phrased in a way that it's impossible to raise a counterexample to. The statement is either so vague or ridiculous that you can neither prove or disprove it. They just pulled it out of thin air, and you're kind of looking at it like, I'm pretty sure you're wrong, but I don't know where to get evidence to back it up because what the fuck did you just say? It's very easy to hear examples of this in religion. Somebody says, faith can move mountains. If mountains don't move, you simply don't have enough faith. You damn heathen. And that's just incredibly monumentally ridiculous. Now, if it's something less extreme, an illness of some sort, that still the fallacy is committed. Like, you can pray for to get rid of cancer. And if the cancer's gone, then God did his work. He got rid of the cancer for you 
And if you didn't get rid of the cancer and you look at this person and say, well, God didn't do shit. Prayers didn't do shit. Your family member's dead. You can say, no, my God answered my prayers. Now my family member's in a better place. Or I'm in a better place. Who had cancer? It doesn't matter. The argument is stupid. Even though the fallacy is unfalsifiability, it could go either way. It could be true. It could be false. Who's to say? Literally nobody. Not even the person who made the fucking argument to begin with. And sometimes that's the point. Normally when people hear some new information, especially from a supposed figure of authority, we're more likely to swing towards it being true than false. And once they try to challenge their competitors or opponents to disprove it, and they show they can't, they're seen as the victor. Because it's not on the basis of the person who made the argument to prove it at that point. It's on the basis of the people who are against them and whatever view they were trying to show with whatever the fuck they were saying. Even though you can ask them to try and prove it, and they would easily stumble over themselves. Here's like a an equally extreme example that's not based in religion, because I know I've been attacking religion this whole episode. Um, I have a secret civilization inside my skull. The only person that was capable of discovering it died a couple of years ago. How the fuck do you disprove that? I don't have the skills or the tech to do that. I'm not a doctor or a neurosurgeon or a fucking magician. And apparently the only person who was able to prove it died. The only thing you can do is claim they're full of shit and throw your own counter-argument at them. Or just claim they're full of shit because they're full of shit. It's not a secret civilization. It's literally horse manure or cow manure. Do horses make manure? Man, whatever. It's manure. What's very useful, and by useful, I mean awful about this fallacy as is as, as the perpetrator, it's easy to take any evidence as corroboration, as helping you out in whatever you're trying to legitimize or make sense of or prove since you know it can't be proven true or, fa- true or false either way you can challenge this fallacy by asking your adversary to explain in what circumstance would it be made false and that's like a, that's a your only way to put it to the test you just have to ask the person making the argument to prove or disprove it in any way shape or form what unique but realistic circumstances would have to happen in order for this to fall in a reasonable and logical way. However, they could just double down on their flawed argument. At some point, all that's left is for listeners to reach their own conclusions about the statement, and of course, we all know how that goes. To shit. This is only the tip of the iceberg when it comes to fallacies. There are way too fucking much. There's been multiple books written about them, and these are just the formal ones, which is the very small amount. Next episode, we'll get into like the informal fallacies, which there is a colossal omega clusterfuck of, and I'm going to have to structure that shit, and oh my fucking god. But yeah, no, we'll get to it. It'll be informative. It'll be insightful. You'll finally figure out why you listen to your friends talk their shit, and like, wait, why does this feel like this is stupid, and you'll realize why it's stupid, and you'll be able to pinpoint it, and you could be the loser at all the parties you go to, and never get invited again, because you never let people tell their stupid, broken, logically flawed stories that make them feel better about themselves, and sell them to their preferred people that they want to mate with. Thank you for listening to another episode. Later.